1: Everybody, two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Coach and the Big Dog coming at you right up until 11 o'clock, little midweek Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Sports and more, and of course, the glorious, if not effervescent, music of the talkzone.com. Enjoy. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for joining us. Lots to talk about. Midweek Wednesday got a big football weekend coming up. We will uh, attempt to preview just a little bit some of the NFL and college football games coming up this weekend. Tap into baseball. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Talk a little uh, college football recap. Some things both on and off sports page. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, on the other side. Of the glass, and uh, of course the phone lines will be open as per usual, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. I'm going to put the big dog to the test today. Now he's not on the line just yet, but he is, uh, if you're not familiar with him, baseball trivia expert, supreme. I mean, this guy's as good as it gets. I have got a, a solid baseball trivia question for him today based on an accomplishment a player made yesterday. So we're going to bring that up, too, and test the big dog. Of course, anybody that uh, wants to tap into some of those answers can do so as well. Apparently, he's on the line right now. And again, it's the two guys at a mic show. Welcome in, everybody. And uh, my partner, checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in lovely Aurora, Illinois, it is the big dog, Joel Redwatsky. Now, Coach,
0: I am in my palatial condo downtown Chicago on wow. Broadway. Wow. So, it's all good. I, I'm, in, I'm downtown. And it's all real good. I was going to do the show Skype today until I realized that the, the headphone that I normally would use is not here, and the headphone that I will need in the future has not been sent, I hope, because if it has, it's been stolen, yeah. just like I
2: feared.
1: Actually, it has been sent, correct, David Olson? Yeah. We sent him state-of-the-art art skype
2: Yeah, it went on uh, Monday, so you should get oh. it in the next day or two.
0: Oh, perfect, perfect. That's good, because, yeah, because I I live in an apartment, and the best thing I can tell you is that this outside, and you know the city of Chicago, you put a box gun on the ground, that's (laughs) like the size of a watch or something like that, it'll be gone. You know, there's no way. Uh
1: Now, um, basically, it'll be a technological upgrade where, correct me if I'm wrong, producer extraordinaire David Olson, but the fans will be able to see not only my uh, ugly persona, but the big dog will be split screen live from wherever he's calling from.
0: Correct. Wow. Well, that, that's good for a few people, not a lot, just yeah. a few.
1: That means no more doing the show wearing nothing but a T-shirt, big dog.
0: And for my parole officer, it's really good. He'll know where I'm at at all times.
1: Yeah, I don't think the- <laughs> that's true. Might not even need the ankle bracelet anymore. It's <laughs> very, very nice. Yeah, I got a little baseball trivia question for you coming oh, up oh. uh Put some this is tough this is tough there's like eight or nine people that have done it I'm gonna say that you'll probably you know maybe get three that's how tough this is wow that's how tough this is but that's coming up in a little bit we got football news to get to uh a uh, little smoggage coming into the city of Chicago I don't know if you experienced it yesterday but it was a beautiful beautiful sunny day here in the fine city of Chicago but we caught some of the the post fire smoking shall we say from the fires up in Minnesota are you
0: serious that was actual little soot and and uh yeah. and smoke from Minnesota? I did not realize that coach
1: absolutely now you were yeah. down in the city what What did you think it was? Um, I just thought it was like a, a haze
0: and you know what, and I actually thought to myself I was like it's weird not to have a clear night tonight. There's no reason not to, mm-hmm. and I didn't think it was pollution because I'm in the city. What six nights a week on on nights when the sun is going down? So I've seen it all year long. Yep. I I I, I totally noticed it, Coach, but and I didn't realize what it was. So that's, that's funny you said
1: that. Big dog, not watching the news last night? Probably engrossed in uh, all the background checks you've been doing on Miss Angola. That's what I'm assuming has been taking up a good part of your time. But yeah, it was all yeah. over the news. Oh, big- by the
0: way, I'm, I'm go 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 on Miss Angola. Oh my goodness, Coach. Really? Wow. Seriously, <laughs> those, those, the cheekbones on that girl. Yep, she looks almost too good to be true. on a little bit. Do you know? Do you, do you see what I'm getting at? She almost is too good looking to be possible. She almost looks like an alien at some point, though. Uh,
1: yeah, I would. Uh, I would recommend one um, item to uh, Miss Angola, and that could best be described as in one word: food. This she, is true. She needs to eat a little bit.
0: Yes, yes, this is without question. Maybe that's why her cheekbones look so massive. <laughs> she looks alien. But yet when you look at her, you're like, this girl is freaking perfect. It's yeah. just strange. Uh,
1: beautiful, yeah. beautiful. We're talking about we had a scintillating discussion yesterday, which I don't necessarily want to continue too much today on the Miss Universe contest from Tuesday. And I, of course, uh, pledge my allegiance, both uh, personally and physically, big dog, to Miss Venezuela. I'm all about Venezuela right now. Uh bien. Muy bien. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, 888 463 Miss Angola. If you're listening, any of the, uh, relatives of a Miss Angola, if you want to call in and talk to Joel, he'd love to talk to you and uh, at least get a picture of your cheekbones.
0: Yeah, no, that can, I can pass on that. Okay. Um there's, there's Plenty to talk about, coach, and especially if you're going to give me a baseball trivia question, which yeah. I guess we could wait. Yeah, that's coming whatever. up in
1: a little bit. But real quick, now you know NFL looking to have one of the big games. Our very own Chicago Bears traveling to New Orleans. I want to talk about the point spread, some other couple issues. But apparently, uh, Brian Urlacher, the potential NFL Defensive Player of the Week. I don't know if they've named that award yet, but yeah, he's,
0: he, well, yeah, he, come on, just hand it to him. Yeah. Seriously, who else is going to get it this week?
1: Yeah, and obviously a big part of the Bears team. Huge game, too, and uh we don't know the details, but there's a sickness in the family, Big Dog. He has flown to Arizona, yeah, potentially semi-long term, so he might not be available for Sunday's game. Um,
0: You know what? He needs to take care of business. If he can't play mentally... Yep. Because of something so distraught, I don't want him on the field whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay, i the seriousness of that, so that's all I have to say to him about that, if you're in that type of situation. But other than that, something tells me that uh, it might be one of those, hey, go out there and and, and, and play for me type situation. Mm-hmm. Come on. And, you of course,
3: what,
1: one of the weaknesses of the Bears is their depth at, uh, at linebacker. They really didn't add that veteran. They've only got two other guys linebacker. And then, I guess, uh, who, Brian Ew will take over Urlacher's spot in the middle.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, and then and let, let's face it, Brian Ewu is one. He's a quality backup in the NFL, but that is a serious drop off. You're talking about a guy, Brian Urlacher, with the wingspan of a of a you know of a dinosaur. I know those guys stay at short arms, but they're like 20 feet tall. So it's just the exact opposite. And Brian Ewu, who's like 5'11, you know, a coach and mm-hmm. real out like a fireplug. I mean, that's completely different. You're talking. And Brian Urlacher can flat out jump out of the gym, so the the area that he can cover in the middle of the field when you're defending Drew Brees is completely different. If it's Brian Ewu a fire hydrant out there who gets everything in sight, but I mean that's a dramatic drop off, and the Bears will get destroyed.
1: Think I think I I had a completely different take on it. I think uh, you know Brian Urlacher is going to be Wally Pipped. I think Brian Ewu comes in, makes nine tackles, picks off a couple of Drew Brees passes, leads the Bears to a apparently an upset victory. We'll talk about the point spread in just a second. But uh, I think Brian Ewu plays so well, Urlacher may never get back in the lineup again. That's the kind of hardcore analysis you get here, the two guys in a mic show. Yeah, that's really what? hardcore. After that, you want to go back to Miss Angola? Uh,
0: yeah, I have no problem with that, Coach. And I will bring her a burrito, all right? yeah. please. Ms. Angola, you're right, Coach. You put about you put about 18 pounds on that yep. woman. And she would be unbelievable. Yep.
1: A little bit of food consumption would help. It probably help Brian Ewell a little bit, too. But uh, we'll see. But uh, big on the seven-point spread at New Orleans now. Now, the Saints coming off a loss to the Packers. The Bears coming off, obviously, a dominating victory against a good mm-hmm. Atlanta team. Uh, but New Orleans is favored by seven personally at first I was, like, it aback, like, what? you know, insult to the bear. The more I thought about it, you know what, it could, it's pretty accurate points, but mainly because New Orleans still played pretty damn good against Green Bay.
0: I, I think it's, it should be, like, like, four and a half or something like that, four. I, honestly, because truly, if you bet on defense in, in the NFL instead of getting all sucked up on the hype all the time and you just really always bet on the better defensive team, no mm-hmm. matter what the point spread is, The hype and all that stuff will get thrown out the window and you'll do all right. And I really – I don't see Green Bay on grass. Like, I know the Bears aren't going to give up 42 points to the Packers when they go to Green Bay coach. Okay, Green Bay is going to score, like they did last year, 14, 17, 24 points. Like, in that area, 24 would be the most they would have scored on the Bears in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I I, I like the Bears' chances going down there – and affecting Drew Brees in a way that they don't have to show blitz constantly because four guys can go after him, and Drew Brees doesn't know what the heck's happening. That's, that's the one thing about the Bears. If you can get pressure with four guys and you don't have to blitz, because as soon as you start bringing everybody else, people like Drew Brees and Tom Brady will just destroy you. They'll, they'll know exactly where the blitz is coming from. So that's why the Bears have a, a chance against great quarterbacks, as a lot of other defense might not, if their defensive line continues to play like it did. The first week of the season, and like we said yesterday, that's only week one. So if this, if that pattern, if that becomes a pattern for the Bears,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we don't have to worry about them being underdogs. All we have to worry about them is beating the Packers at that point. That'll that'll be the only key to the rest of the season.
1: Game's going to be fun to watch, Saints and the Bears. One of many uh, pretty quality NFL games. Week two coming up in the uh, NFL. The old. Adage in sports, big dog, the teams make the biggest, most significant jump, either forward or backwards, from week one to week two, so I think that bodes well to your uh, not getting too excited about what happened in the first week.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is no sport where improvement from the game one to game two is more important than yep. football, obviously, and... And the football really is a game of execution, and especially considering how short all the training camps and all that stuff was, you can go on and on about that. So Mm -hmm. this season, more than ever, I think uh, that transition between game one and game two is is the most important because now we're like, you finally get to see guys truly battle-tested for the first time, and now you're like, oh, this is what we have. Now let's figure out how to go forward. So hopefully Mm -hmm. the the Bears correct stuff too. Let's not think – you know, they kind of did handle, the the game was in control most of the game for the Bears. But let's be honest, Coach, there was a lot of room for improvement. I watched the game again yesterday, and and quite simply, I came away, maybe the, the seven-point bureau right, Coach, seven-point favorite might exactly where it should be. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't watch the the Saints-Packers because of being away. Uh, and I, I wish I would have known I had the game on my phone at the time. I didn't realize it, Coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or else I would have watched it on Thursday. It
3: just still
1: sounds weird to me, the game on my phone. But we talked about that yesterday. That's going to become more and more uh, commonplace where people are, you know, watching the games. If you're already upset with people spending too much time texting and looking at their cell phone, uh, you better get used to it because more and more TV is going to be via the phone, and you are witness uh, client number one in that case.
0: And And you know what? For anybody that is worried about, like, the poor and all that stuff. That might be the greatest thing to save television and at least give the poor, like, 20 channels
1: to watch. I'm not Wait, kidding. worried about the, the poor?
0: You know, you know, like, I've actually heard, had people, like, you know, because of cable eventually and, like, this whole digital thing, that there will be people that can't even afford basic television because that's going to go away. And it will not go away. Trust me. CBS and all of them are going to all of a sudden come out with an app. That can go right into your phone, and you can just go right to that app and watch CBS.
3: Hmm.
0: It's going to happen. Like I will bet you, within the next month, it's going to happen.
1: Sounds like you might want to join a, a new charity that I formed a couple of months ago. The uh, IFTH, Big Dog. You might be a member. The what IF, the IF. What? What is the IFTH? Yeah, I have no idea what it Come is. Come on, they Big Dog. iPads for the homeless. Didn't you get the memo?
0: Oh, uh, that's the if. Uh. <laughs>
1: By the way, I'm so, uh, you know, it's only Wednesday. I don't want to peek too soon, but I am awfully excited about the Bears Saints coming up on Sunday, week two. Great matchup coming off, you know, a great Bears first game. Excited about that. Still thinking about your trip to New York. And I had one of those dreams last night where I got the two of them confused in anticipation. And bottom line is, I don't want to get into all the details, big dog, but basically it had something to do with Drew Brees taking snaps and the midnight cow, Uh, I'm sorry, the naked cowboy. New York's famous naked cowboy he was the center
0: was he snapping the guitar or the or football uh,
1: neither again I don't want to get into the detail very disturbing dream combination of the scariness of your events in New York and my anticipation of watching the Bears try to defend Drew Brees. but I got issues with my dreams you know that
0: yeah obviously you have many issues beyond dreams yes
1: yes but you'll be happy to know uh, I haven't you know no bad dreams of Luis Gonzalez. In the last three or four months. So I think I've beaten that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I know it involves something with bubblegum.
1: Well, let's stop. eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We mentioned Urlacher being out. I wanted to bring this up yesterday. And I feel like a broken record because we seem to do this consistently after week one of the football season. But i got to bring it up. And that is the injury report. And, and you know, week one, big dog, a, a ton of star players not out for a couple of games but out for the season. And again, I preface it by saying it seems like week one is the worst, but let me just run some by it. Nate Kading maybe the best kicker in all of football. He's out for the season. Torn ACL. Marcus Colston, New Orleans Saints, gone for a long time. Eric Berry, the all-pro free safety. Kansas City Chiefs. ACL, he's done. Johnny Beeson, your guy. The linebacker for Carolina. I think he's got a torn Achilles, I believe.
0: Oh wow, wow! That's—I mean—that guy averages ten tackles a game for like five years. Yeah, I mean he's—that guy's like a stud that nobody knows about.
1: Can you imagine how Ron Rivera feels right now?
0: Uh, yes. I have no—that's the leader of the defense. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the guy they could least in a team that doesn't have too many stars—that's the guy they could least afford to lose. Again, exactly. these guys are not out a couple of games. This is one week of football done for the season. Offensive lineman Willie Colon also known as Willie Colon, torn tricep muscle, big dog. Ouch. Ah. And then St. Louis has got, what, uh, Stephen Jackson and Sam Bradford, both injured. They're two star players, not they're for the done. season. And, no, no, no. Uh,
3: they're not done for the season.
1: No, 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 I said they are not oh. done for the season, but they're both injured. And uh, I think I'm even missing a couple other guys. So a lot of guys banged up. That uh, that affects the I don't know if that's going to be a trend for the season, but the week one was rough.
0: Yeah, you know, every year it's like that, though. In the first week, yeah, I think there's more in the first week. Typically, we always come in. This is the first week thing every year. You do, yeah, you're right. Like Wednesday or Thursday, you start talking about. Do you realize how many people are done for the year already? So, uh, I I really do think there are more injuries week one in the game of football Mm -hmm. because people like that have never played I mean, I never played anywhere near that level. I I can't even imagine the. The impact. I would love to find out what it was like, though, coach. But there really is a skill to going out there and learning how to fall down with other people. You know, because like when you're tackling somebody, you don't want to like have them fall awkwardly. You just want to run right through them and Mm -hmm. land on them and get up. You know, and it's there. There really is, even though these guys really are trying to destroy each other. I I swear, there's like a. There's a gentleman way that they try to play the game, yep. and they don't—they don't try to land on people's legs wrong and stuff like that. You—you know—you try to separate as you fall down. You truly do, especially linemen do, and you got to get used mm-hmm. to, like that dance, yeah. so it doesn't and, happen as yeah. frequently.
3: And,
1: and preseason scrimmages within your team and exhibition games, you know the. You know, there's a build up and you start to compete a little bit, but nothing is uh, quite the speed and intensity and collisionness of actual game play. And I think uh, the guys, part of it is just getting used to that level of play when you haven't seen the, the speed of the game particularly. um in what six seven months for some of the players?
0: Yeah, definitely, coach. And and you know why is it that Ray Lewis never gets hurt and why does Ray Lewis never hurt anybody? Ray Lewis knocks people senseless and they don't want to go back in the game and he hurts them psychologically. Did you ever notice like when Ray Lewis tackles people, he just runs right to pow, pow pow and just gets up. Woo, he dances and he goes back and nothing ever nothing ever goes wrong. And mm-hmm. then
1: there's other people running around dragging people down, falling yep. on the back of their legs. Who who was the best you know? running back? Not defender. Who was the best running back you ever saw to fit that description?
0: The best runner well, Walter Payton. There you go. I mean, while you could not hurt Walter Payton when yep. you tackled him. And Walter Payton, like, attacked you. With, like, he, he, he ran through you the way that he got up underneath you, and he just went flying. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get hurt? You just yep. bounced off of him.
1: Or the few times guys did get good hits. A lot of our younger listeners uh, taking some time off from school, playing hooky today, and uh, we don't encourage that, but it is good for our ratings. So thank you very much for taking a day well, no, off don't and listening.
3: Have to play
0: you could be in class and multitask. No question. Okay,
1: no question. We're big multitaskers. We've, we've talked about it before. I think many educators, many educators could do worse, Big Doug, than to put our show on 15, 20 minutes a day, let the kids talk about some of the issues and answers. I think we could fit very well into the American school system right
0: now. Have you ever had that teacher that put on Vivaldi for <laughs> a little box? You know, in the background during class, have you ever had one of those teachers? Coach, absolutely. Yeah, I, I,
1: I was one, one of, of those teachers, by the way.
0: Yeah, they put put the classical music on in the background, and it supposedly opens up your mind to more learning and, and deeper thought. Yes. Well, our class has been proven to do that, coach. <laughs> I mean, you. Two, I mean, doing mm-hmm. having us in the background. Yeah. I actually haven't seen the results of the test because I haven't done it but I'm just gonna say it's been
1: proven. No, I've seen the results. And I think the research shows that the uh, fifteen to twenty minutes of our show actually stimulates some of the brain uh, mechanism, if you will. And kids, if you have like a math class or you know, advanced placement Euro history, some real tough class right after listening to us, um, uh, you do better. The brain is kicking into high gear. We're like we're like a two mile run, big though. We get the blood flowing upstairs. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Holy mackerel. What the hell were we talking about? I forgot. I, had a I, I don't know. I don't know. But I was young...
0: well, football and injuries, I think it all started with.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot the train of thought. I was going to explain this is important for the young kids to know, but I completely forgot what I was talking about. Anyhow, we were talking about injuries, and uh we will see now Roy Williams of the Bears has a groin injury. He might be out, and he played pretty well for the first yeah. game. I know what we were talking about, the speed of the game. Yeah. And how players have to adjust to that, and I – he didn't get injured, but I think a classic case of a guy who experienced for the first time the speed of an actual NFL game was a right tackle rookie, Gabe Karimi, from yeah. Wisconsin, who looked pretty good in the exhibition season, Big dub. but you could tell his first game, going up against Johnny Abraham, it was like, whoa, this is what the NFL is like, because he had a rough day.
0: And, and you know what, he got one of the, if you think about it, if, if you about eight years ago, if you were like, which one of these defensive ends do you want for the next year, John Abraham might be the guy you pick. Okay?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: okay, so he was going up against a guy who's been an all-pro lineman, his Pro Bowl every year, but he's been all-pro at least twice in the NFL. So you're talking about a stud. And a guy, if the if the Falcons ever won the Super Bowl, he would make the Hall of Fame. That's how good he is. He's not going to make it if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, but if he gets on a Super Bowl-winning team,
3: mm-hmm.
0: to let the NFL in sacks, He's going to end up with like 150 sacks for his career. So that's how you enter an NFL game. You know what? There were times where he looked really good on on certain uh, plays. Yeah. That guy's got the body, doesn't
1: he? Coach, well, I was, was going to say nobody that big should allowed should be allowed to be that quick.
0: Yeah, really. So he he's going to be all right. I'm really happy with him as a pick as a first game in the NFL even though he looked bad, real bad on some plays, yep. It's against a, a Hall of Fame caliber
1: defensive mm-hmm. end. Now, so, not, not to put another negative into it, and the Bears had a great game. Positives clearly outweighing the negatives, but you know, one of the key spots in all of football, the left tackle spot was the one weakness of the Bears, uh, even more so than our rookie right tackle, Jamarcus Webb. And again, a lot of great performances from the Bears, but our left tackle, Big Dog, not good. Maybe your film study showed it different, but from what I saw in the words of uh, our famous Jiu-Jitsu, our Chinese sports prophet, not too good.
0: No, no. Actually, you are doing phenomenal today, Coach, but my original thought, how it all started, was the fact that the difference between week one and week two, is like how a team has to improve. The Bears' tackle play has to improve. Ooh. And I think Kramini's will, Coach, I really do. I think he's going to be all right. And now yep. I'm starting to worry about West because... Yep shouldn't this improvement have happened already? Yep. Um, You know, how about the season between, uh, but I mean, the difference between week one and two, the difference between season one and season two, you Mm -hmm. were a starter last year. Now you're supposed to come back with some confidence and show that you're ready to take off this season. And he definitely has plateaued and he can't plateau. He's below average.
1: Did you you say plateaued or did he look flat toed? I couldn't understand you.
0: Yeah. Well, either or coach that's, yeah, he does kind of have a ho-humness about yeah.
1: him. But and he did, I, on I, the other hand, he did backpedal well.
0: Well, <laughs> how about a little left or right? Okay. You, you, you know what he needs to do? Cause don't, let, let's remember one thing. When Abraham got a sack off of Kramini, he got one off of web, so he didn't get them all off. of like He wasn't just whooping on Kramini. Mm-hmm. He went to Jamar, and you know, all, there was one play where, John Abraham he knows what he's doing, coach, and he did the lean on bull rush. you know what I mean? Where he got leverage and he was like leaning in the tackle yep. and just and just ran to the quarterback and sacked him. And all Jamarcus Webb had to do was extend his arm and push him. Or or is he that strong that he he, he was leaning? Even Webb is really, really weak, seriously, coach, because that's that's all he has to do a lot of times is push the dude. Or he has, doesn't have killer instinct. You know, It's either or. He's either weak or doesn't have it. Well, that's, why?
1: it could be a combo thereof, sadly well, enough.
0: Yeah, well, that—that's you're, you're probably yeah. right. because Right now in strength,
1: his strength is size. He's big. Outside yeah. of that, I don't know if I, what other things I can list on the plus side.
0: His feet, kind, you know, he's decent when you pull him. But who cares if you can pull your tackle? You know, that's like pulling, being able to a uh, tackle that can pull is like, uh, is like a designated hitter that can steal bases. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like, oh, that's nice that he can do that, but that's not what his job is. Yeah,
1: Doesn't hit many home runs, doesn't hit with runners on base, but he can bunt well for a DH. <laughs> yeah. 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 By the way, speaking of backpedaling, that was uh, my football career did not last long. Big dog into my early junior high careers. I never even finished eighth grade junior high football, but... Backpedaling, my coaches said was one of my strengths. Now, unfortunately, I played linebacker, and I typically backpedaled when the running back was coming at me. But uh, <laughs> I, I had that technique down. And the other part about the playbook was that, you know, I couldn't understand why I was always, uh, the, you know, the weak side linebacker. But basically, they said whatever side that I was on, oh, that was the weak side. <laughs> Didn't last long, Bento. You, on the other hand, played uh, fair, at a fairly high level, a little uh, Division Three college football. I'm proud of you. Yeah, well,
0: well, that was all right. You know what? I did play both ways though one year, which is which is kind of rare. You didn't get that very often. Uh-huh. You know what I'm... So that was pretty cool. Yeah.
3: So I blame
1: I Andy, knew... I blame Andy Overman for the end of my uh, football career, a very early age. He played fullback on the uh, opposing arch rival team. We played him like twice a year, and I still remember Black Helmet. It's all I remember. He was one of these physically mature dudes, right?
3: Uh-huh.
1: And not a nice kid. He had a cocky, overconfident, streak of mean. And he had a black helmet, big dog. And back then they didn't teach don't lead with the head because Andy Overman would run through the line. And he would lead with the head. And I'm telling you, as a linebacker, I think I tried to hit him the first time. After that, I went into my backpedal mode. But if it wasn't for Andy Overman, I might have been able to squeeze on the freshman B team.
0: You know, Coach, I, I had, like, a bully lesson. Now, my whole, whole youth, I mean, from third grade on, I begged, let me play football. I begged, mm-hmm. Coach. Begged who? Every time I was available. I mean, I can't even explain.
3: Wait,
1: who were you begging?
0: My mom and dad.
1: Ah, they wouldn't let, you, let, let you play? play it. So,
0: finally, in eighth grade, you know, my mom finally convinces my dad to let the kid play football, mm-hmm. okay? Because I was supposed to be the baseball superstar, according to my dad. All right, so I get finally get to play football, and I, I'm playing, you know, Panther football for uh, Downers Grove, and it's cool. I get to play on the traveling team, the highest level, and it was pretty cool. And, and, pe- and everybody else had played football, basically.
3: But people that
1: have seen you now, and we call him the big dog for a reason, you're a large big dude in, in pretty good shape, but correct me if I'm wrong, back then you were kind of a late developer, so back oh. then you were not the big dog.
0: I was, I was a smaller kid, so okay. I was, at this point, I'm still 12, and I'm playing on, like, in 8th grade, I'm playing on the Downers Grove area football team. And I don't know if kids in this league can be 15, okay? It's like, it's, and so I make the, the, like the, the travel team. I'm 127 like, uh, pounds. All right, and I'm one of the faster guys on the team, but all these other kids that are like 13, 14, 15 years old are playing like running back and linebacker. Well, they stick me at offensive line. Well, I have a run-in with a kid on our team like during a tackle practice, and he runs me over, Coach. And I'm just learning how to play football. And this kid is 15 years old and just runs me. And I, he starts like talking smack. And I have no idea that this kid's 15. I think he's 13 like everybody else I think is on the team. I don't realize... That they have these crazy leagues in these in the suburbs. But like, I have to admit, I'd never been like attacked like that. This kid was like trying to intimidate and like trying to take like the love out of football for mm-hmm. me. And I swear to you, he's like he is the guy that made me a tough football player. Because like for a couple of days, he just made my life miserable. So I like finally stood up to him. But Then I found out later he was 15 years old and had played football for like 10 years. Ooh. You know what I mean? I'm like. I've been playing football for a week. You,
1: If you play your card rights, cards right, I don't know the legality in terms of law, but you could have a lawsuit in your hand, big dog, because uh, there's no way in a collision sport like football where a 12 year old kid should be playing against 14 or 15 year old kids. I'd be happy to represent you, but I think there's uh, money to be made in a future lawsuit against a youth football program.
0: You, you think so? Yes. You see, you know, I, I learned later, like from guys. One of my buddies, Dwayne Conway, who played for the Colts, and he played at Downers Grove North. Coach, he only played for the Colts in the preseason, didn't make the final roster. Okay? He mm-hmm. didn't, didn't make a fifty-three man roster. But he's like, you know, I was on that old park team. Well, because we talked about this while we were in high school, and he was like, yeah, he was a fifteen-year-old kid, <laughs> you know, playing uh, defensive end, and he should have been starting on like the sophomore level of. Of the Oak Park uh, High School team, I don't know if you'd have been on the varsity just yet at that age. It, it just cracked me up. So I'm like, at that point, a 12 year old kid, and I'm playing offensive tackle against like a kid that should be a sophomore playing on the sophomore level. Mm-hmm. I was getting beat up pretty bad, coach, but it, it toughened me up. It well, really did.
1: Let that be a lesson for all the young kids out there. Again, another little uh, philosophical note on life, folks. You take some hits, but if you keep the proper attitude, big dog, even in your toughest of times. Character is built, my friend, in the valleys, not on the mountaintop. So you you survived that, and it made you stronger for it.
0: Well, I was a 130 pound offensive tackle when our yep. when all of our running backs weighed 163 pounds somehow ever on the day of the football game as I got weighed in and didn't drink all morning. <laughs> They took this stuff serious, coach. Uh-huh. You have no idea how serious that these guys,
3: these
1: guys took it. Uh-huh. Seriously. So. <laughs> All right. 888-463-6748. If you're that guy out there, by the way, who might have abused the big dog back in the day, if you think you're that guy listening to the show, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. 888-463-6748. Who knows? Maybe Andy Overman is listening to the show, and I can get back at him. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Hey, uh, real quick, too, as we're taking sneak peaks ahead we don't want to overanalyze right now but uh college football week number two big dog was was unbelievable i mean last week was just great great games and this week some pretty good matchups too including florida state and oklahoma And i'm going to guess you think those might be two of the top could i even gander to say top four teams in the country
0: Uh, Well, you know, without question, Florida State, no matter what...
1: Florida about
0: Florida State. Florida State. You know know how I feel about Oklahoma, Coach, this year. The amount of talent they had coming back was ungodly. Oklahoma is loaded, Coach. Well, uh, Florida State, for years, no matter... like People can kind of rip them, say they underachieved, underbowed in and all that, and ACC is weak. You know, defensive players get put into the NFL. They have, and there's going to continue to happen. They've got defensive players all that are going to be in the NFL all over their roster. But for the first time, you know, they've actually, they actually have a little bit of offense for the first time in here. So I think there's going to be a really good game. And check this out if Florida State beats Oklahoma, who else in the ACC is going to beat Florida State this mm-hmm. year, coach? I can honestly see them, want, it would be about a 30% chance. That they will run the table in the ACC, which means that if they win this game, they got about a thirty percent chance of being in the national title game.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen the Seminoles play this year, but from all indications, sounds like the Florida State teams of uh, you know eight to ten to twelve years ago—fast, quick, aggressive, strong. It sounds like those uh, you know Florida State teams of a few years ago that were always ranked top five.
0: Well, so far, so far, the two teams that Florida State have beaten. Have had uh, their what do you call it, Their uh, mascots have been an angel and a beetle.
1: <laughs> it's not a good sign.
0: No, no. Yeah. So they have their. So I don't. You don't want to take too much into any of that. Yeah. They beat like Coastal Carolina, and uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think they beat North North Dakota State.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, your uh, Illinois Fighting lineup. 2 and 0 on the season but they've played two uh you know division 1 AA smaller schools big matchup One of the better games of the weekend no, nationally only
0: one only one, one AA they didn't play two okay uh, they they played only who they played
1: they play? one South, Th- South Dakota State week 2 which who was, did they
0: op- which was the FCS school and I'm trying okay. to think who they played first week but they played uh they played a, a major program
1: yeah, well, them. no they did in week 1 no
0: well no, they, they didn't, didn't. You know, they, played, I, they played in FBS school.
1: Well, F, is FCS the highest level?
0: No, it's football bowl subdivision, football championship subdivision. So, so they confused. played one of each. They, very, they,
1: very confused I, with all that, but I hate to disagree with you, but I, I think their first opponent was a, was a non-
0: it was, a, it was a qualifier,
1: Coach. Well, it might have been a qualifier, but uh, they were a weak opponent. I'm trying to remember oh, who. Oh, no,
0: I know they were, but they, they weren't one of the six major bowls. Uh, they're in the top 11 conferences, mm-hmm. that, but they weren't a, a major bowl conference. I understand that. They okay. weren't a BCS uh, conference.
1: More importantly, more importantly they're they taking on the no Sun one. Devil of Arizona State this weekend. should be a great game at Arizona State. and The Sun Devil's uh, coming off a huge overtime win over Missouri. That should be a good test for Europe. Fighting online.
0: Yeah, and to see if they can do anything with this old Oh, my goodness. So the the best thing about this is it's going to be on at night, and I'm going to be able to come home, watch the Illinois game, and flip over to Florida State-Oklahoma, Coach. That, that, I, that, well, that will be the end of that game. So uh, my night of football viewing is going to be absolutely spectacular on Saturday, and I cannot wait for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Got Michigan State at Notre Dame. I'm going to have a couple of, uh, based on what you just said, a couple of old Couple of cold Osweilers and some chips and sit down and watch the line against Arizona State. Who is Osweiler?
0: Uh, he's their 6'8 eight quarterback that I was ah. I was talking about. So this kid, you gotta watch him because he's a freak and he's gonna be drafted in the NFL for the simple fact he's got a rocket for an arm. He's massive and so far as he's played. He's got really quick feet, all that stuff, coach. So he's going to, the NFL, someone's going to take him. So you're going to see this kid somehow down the line start an NFL wow. football game. So we will get to know him now.
1: Six, eight, and he's a quarterback.
0: And he's got real quick feet. He runs all the time.
1: Wow. So much like, for the he, like, strategy he's of. Quick,
0: and he like, so like, he does like the option read. And if nothing's there, he runs and dives. And since he's 6'8", with really long arms, he falls like three yards further than everybody else. And he gains six on you, and it's second and four. Mm -hmm. And your your offense doesn't throw an interception. I mean, he plays like totally smart, like conservative, just perfect coach. You know what
3: I mean? He played awesome against Missouri.
1: You got me going now. I'm going to even be more excited to watch. Good test for the Illinois uh, Fighting Illini defense. Should be a great game. And uh, we'll start previewing those games, of course, Thursday and Friday. We'll play Beat the Schmoes on Friday, some other good college matchups as well. By the way, speaking of beat the Schmoes, we had our first winner. You went two and one, right, Doug? Yeah,
0: I was two and
1: one. David also went two and one. Caller Swamp Rat. He actually called into the show on Friday, Caller Swamp Rat. He picked these obscure games that quite frankly I wasn't even sure of the spreads on. But uh caller Swamp Rat went three and oh last week, Big Dog. So week two of the season we were actually the Schmoes were beaten.
0: Uh, there must have been a Louisiana Lafayette involved,
1: okay, in the, his pick. Whatever it takes, three okay.
0: and zero, a New Mexico State, possibly. Because I know one thing: it was His oh, he he always knows when a team is garbage. Yep. He could, and he will go against that team for like four or five weeks until the rest of the country okay. figures it out. Seriously, so, he does, coach.
1: He looks for the opponent like like in war. You look for the opponent's weakest spot, and you go after that spot.
0: Yeah, he uh, he called the fall the New Mexico State program years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one year. He just kept picking them. And one day I realized, I was like, wow, they're plus 38. He's still going against them, and they would lose mm-hmm. 70 to nothing.
1: You'll probably That's be so. picking Elmhurst Community College over Robert Morris this weekend. By the way, speaking of Robert Morris, I don't know if you saw this or not. The front page of the Chicago Tribune yesterday, front page, uh, on the bottom, I'm going to say Two inches high, so fairly significant ad all the way across the bottom. You know how they have those ads, Big Dog, right? Yeah. And it's Robert Morris University. Now, this is a school in Chicago that is trying to up their visibility a little bit. So they have been advertising. So the advertisement unto itself was not a shock, but I actually read the material, and it had something to do like this, Big Dog. Robert Morris University, Saturday, takes on the University of Iowa. And I'm like, huh? Catch all the exciting action of college sailing on Chicago's lakefront. Robert Morris takes on the Hawkeyes. Catch all the excitement, big dog, of college sailing. Were you aware that college sailing was actually a sport?
0: Um, coach, yes. I-, I was aware. And you'd be surprised what other sports are in college. You know, there's uh, <laughs> I want gonna- to go back to that, but there's all the – there's uh Team paintball, there's all you name it. There's a team. Well, sport those are like thinking. those
1: are like club sports, and I know rowing is a big sport, but I, I was totally unaware.
0: But this is like a club sport too, Coach. It's in the same realm. Like, Can, you why get, are
1: they advertising? Could you? Is it like some?
0: You know what it is? Because that actually is kind of cool. No one's going to go watch, but all of a sudden you're like, hold on a second, I could actually okay. go to Robert Morris and participate in a sailing team. That is why, Coach. Interesting. So that's the only. Oh, uh, any other reason I cannot even comprehend that makes. And okay. if they did it for any other reason, they have to explain that to me because I would have any other like reasonable <laughs> reason to do it. I just okay. like the
1: marketing approach. Catch all the ex- action of exciting college sailing. I don't know about you, but I'm taking Iowa and giving up the. I don't know what do you give up in sailing, actual?
0: I'm going to take Robert Morris. Why are they sailing in Iowa? A cornfield. <laughs>
3: Robert Jukos. This is, this is a gimme. That's a good point, too. I,
1: I didn't even think about the humor. I was so caught up in the whole I It mean, catch the excitement of college. So where the hell does Iowa practice sailing? Good point. Forget that bet. I'm taking Robert Morris. You can take whatever you want. Iowa team will probably wind not a Navy pier, or, uh, you know, a Joe's Stone Crab house or something. Oh, goodness. All right, 888-463-6748. enough with the humor, enough with the silliness, enough with the football analysis of the weekend that comes. I have for you, my friend, a oh. baseball trivia question that uh, this is going to test you, Big dog. Okay. Uh, first of all, the Red Sox uh, won yesterday in Tampa Bay lost, so they created a little bit of a gap. David Ortiz's uh semi-humorous. you damn right we should panic. Apparently came through. So the Red Sox are, what, up four and a half now in Tampa Bay?
0: Uh, that would be right. Did you see? Like, okay, they're down five nothing, and Tim Wakefield is pitching. Tim Wakefield has yeah. this is his eighth attempt at a two hundred win. He got Now it. all of a sudden, you know, maybe you do panic, and they erupt for eighteen runs and end up winning eighteen to six. That's how you answer,
1: Coach. Okay. <laughs> so, I think, and maybe a game like that is exactly psychologically what the Red Sox needed—a little bit of a laugher.
0: Yeah, and especially after the whole uh him saying the panic thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and honestly, uh, that is kind of dangerous when you acknowledge something like that. Well,
1: so, yes and no, but I think by acknowledging it and saying it, it also eases some of the tension.
0: Well, uh definitely acknowledging it and saying it and coming through, you know, that basically yep. means everything's going to be all right.
1: Yep. Yep, and Tampa Bay abided by uh, losing 4-2. to Now, speaking of Tampa Bay, and by the way, Wakefield did win his 200th game. Congratulations to Tim Wakefield, who won 200 Major League games. And Big Dog, you could throw the ball harder than Tim Wakefield.
0: I don't know about any more, but definitely about four years ago, I could definitely throw a ball harder than yep, Tim Wakefield.
1: Yep, but he was a pure pitcher, had an amazing career. But uh All right, so the question is Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon in the Tampa Bay defeat yesterday became the ninth Player in Major League Baseball history, 200 homers, 400 stolen bases. Again, 200 HRs, okay. 400 stolen bases. So a guy with great speed that had at least uh not great power, but at least very good power. Can you, and again, anybody out there wants to chime in on this, 888 463 a Big Dog did not know this question was coming, folks. The other eight players that achieved that um, milestone.
0: Yeah, I don't mean to be too, uh, but I think I'm going to get most of them, Coach. Uh,
1: if you are, it's pretty impressive.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, to be quite honest with you, you know, I'm really good at, at the baseball. Okay.
1: Yeah, but this is this is a tough one.
0: Well, uh, there's a couple that are really, really, really easy, Coach. Show, really shows easy. over at eleven. Okay. Well, Ricky Henderson, <laughs> without question. If yeah. you want I me mean, to That's, start. That might have been the only. About-
1: that might have been the only one I would have gotten. Okay, I would have to say a
0: Paul Molliter.
1: Wow, see, that's nice. I don't, I think 98% of the people would not have thought of him, but Paul Molitor is on there. He's off to a great start.
0: Okay, how about, let me think about somebody else. How about a Joe Morgan?
1: Again, 99% of the people would not have thought of him. Joe Morgan is on there. Big dog, as expected, acing the test so far. Paul Molitor. You already said him. I said Paul Molitor? Yeah. So you got Molitor, Morgan, Henderson, three Hall of Famers right there. One guy you're never going to forget about that. The other.
0: Okay. Hello. Four are. What? Craig Biggio's is on the list.
1: Unbelievable. Got it again.
0: Um, Biggio. Well, that, that one's obvious. Well, it's, Come not
1: a, it's obvious to you, Big Dove. Believe me. You could throw this question out to 98% of baseball fans, and I don't think they'd pick Craig Biggio. I mean, think of all the, and we're, and we're not just talking current, but past history, all the guys that could have stolen 400. See, I, I didn't think Biggio was that fast. Well, it, I would not have put stolen? him up. Oh,
0: he, you know, he led the National League in stolen bases at least four times.
1: See, I, my memory would not have recollected that.
0: Okay. Um... All right,
1: so you got four. There's one more a recently retired superstar who you should get. Actually, two recently retired superstars, and one.
0: Well, one's Roberto Alomar.
1: Again, unbelievable. That's that's one of them.
0: Okay, uh, if you're talking recently, yeah, I probably should have. I should have been better at this. Robbie Alomar. um, um let, let me go all time, coach. Oh no, that's. Uh, I just. I was gonna say, and I haven't got one wrong yet. And I was about to say one that I, I'm, I'm sure would be wrong, which would be Willie Mays. But I, I didn't say that. So. Okay. Uh, that was a guess that I know. I'm, I'm gonna say is definitely not on it. Hank, uh, oh, Hank Aaron isn't on it. Mickey Mantle won't be one. They didn't steal a lot of bases back then, coach. Um,
1: no. Four so, hundred. Four hundred. There's not many guys who've stolen four hundred bases. I would say in the
0: history of baseball there's probably like twenty guys that have stolen twenty bases. Okay. So Four hundred bases.
1: You're talking so, pretty elite territory. So you almost gotta think base sealers first and then guys that had a little bit of pop to go with it.
0: That is exactly what I was doing, by the way. So we have um because guys like uh like Tim Rains or, or Vince Coleman, I know I d mm-hmm. I don't think have had like two hundred home runs. That mm-hmm. would that would be the that would be the issue for me. So mm-hmm. I got to think outside of that. So, like, like uh, Juan Pierre, I'm pretty sure has 400 career home runs. You know, I don't think he has that many.
3: 200.
1: All we need is 200. But uh, yeah. one of them is a super, super, superstar.
0: And I haven't got him yet.
1: Nope. The other is you're never oh, going to get Bond,
0: Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. There it is. Hey my ho. Ball, my fault. And I would have got that. I would have got that. Yeah, I know you gave me the hit, but don't give mm-hmm. me that. The only hit you got me gave me, and that was the easiest one on the list that I should have got first. Yep. Um. No, I, what I'm trying to think is did Eric Davis steal 400 bases That's because a good, that good,
1: good guess too. But no, he's not okay.
0: And I, I really didn't want to make that as a guess.
1: Uh, All right, he, uh, I don't want uh, to Hint, hint. He is. Uh, this is too easy of to a hint, but I'll say it anyway. Show's over at 11. A relative of one of the guys you've just mentioned.
0: Oh, Bobby Bonds. That's and right. that should have got that uh, right away.
1: So Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds, the ninth guy. I, I, I know him so little I can't even give hints to give you to, but it's Marquise Grissom. Which I would have never guessed.
0: You know what, Coach? Uh eventually Marquise Grissom. I, yeah, eventually I would have gotten him because Marquise Grissom played about fourteen years in in the in the major leagues and he went twenty twenty probably five times in his career, which is pretty good. Five or six times he went twenty twenty. So that's and mm-hmm. he stole a and he had 50
1: stolen base seasons, too, so I, I should have got that one. Too. You uh, aced the test very, very well. You did better than 99.9 of the folks out there. Who's that guy from ESPN you used to compete against? Howard Schwab. Yeah, if the Schwab is out there listening, he knows you still got game, Big Dog. Very nicely done. I hey, appreciate it. Real quick, titillating tidbits, news and notes in the world of sports. Big Dog and a coach, two guys at a mic show. Phone line's open if you want to check in. Love to hear from you. 888 463 67 48, Big Dog checking in from a beautiful downtown location. Nicely done. But a couple of titillating tidbits for you. One uh, one is PGA Championships are going to be here this weekend at Cog Hill in Chicago. Big Dog Cog Hill in Lamont, the BMW Championship. But all the top golfers right here in our very own city.
0: Well, that's awesome. I didn't even realize it's at Cog Hill this year, Coach. I'm very proud to say that I've been that busy that I had no idea that that was going on.
1: I'm sure you'll be out there at some point this weekend reporting live for the two guys in a mic show.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure somehow, some way I'll I'll get out there magically with all the work and football being on. I hate to tell you, I don't care. If that that was in my backyard, I might stop at the 19th hole.
1: (laughs) Okay. Titillating tidbit number two, uh, ex-sports writer, not extraordinary, ex-annoying. Sports writer, but national personality Jay Mariotti did plead no contest to a, I don't know if it was assault and battery, but stalking and some form of assault. But he's going to do community service. Big dog, Jay Mariotti admitting that uh, in fact he was guilty.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Did you ever come across him in your WGN days?
0: Oh well, no! I, I at my Nordstrom days, I did. And he came across as a very charming individual coach, which bothered you, me. Yeah. Which bothered me greatly.
3: <laughs> yep.
1: Because he I'm
0: is... Not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I was like, you know, because he just he would write stuff just to pee people off. okay? And it, it, it made him a lot of money. Well, eventually, karma got to him, didn't it? I don't think he'll really ever get a job again.
1: No. No. David, I don't know. Did you uh, experience him? I know you didn't say shoes. No,
2: I, I work with him on three separate occasions. But you never saw his feet like Joel did? I never saw his feet, no. Okay. But, uh, Joe's exactly right. I, I, I had a handful of problems with the guys, but for for the most part, I mean, he, he was fine. And the, the columnist character and the guy that he was on, uh, around the horn was, it was a complete fabrication. That wasn't the type of person that he was.
1: Yeah. Intentional fabrication? You think he Oh means- yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Huh. I so- mean, I mean, he, I mean, he, he hid behind his column. Like the you know the bravado and everything like that. What what really wasn't what he was, and he knew how to push the buttons, hmm. uh, Yo, the he people does. that read. So I mean, and, he, and Joel's also read. Right. Karma caught up with him, uh, like Cause he's he's cause that. because he, he did have a te- he did have a temper. He did have a temper. So, <laughs> but he
1: but he made a lot of money with that persona. Let that be a lesson, all the young kids out there.
2: Yeah, also, also just released a book on Amazon about the whole is his experience and his career up to this point. So. I will not be reading that. Well, yeah, a bunch of me and my former colleagues are going back and forth on Facebook. Okay, who's going to buy it and read it and see what he says well, you, about everybody? Maybe
1: you're mentioned in there. Who knows? Doubtful. Who knows? Doubtful. Who knows? All right, titillating tidbit number three. mid-dawn, David Olson reporting via my internet that apparently coming I'm out in the new Sarah to Jay Mariani
0: with Dave Olson.
1: That was not the rumor that we heard, but apparently there is a rumor in the book coming out that Sarah Palin had a mini-extended relationship with ex-NBA player, Michigan Wolverine great Glenn Rice. How's that for a nice little spicy controversy?
0: You're joking, right?
1: Uh Not joking. By the way, pre-marriage. Pre-marriage, right? When she was still, like, nine months before she met.
2: Uh, the no, 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 no. Nine, uh, nine months before she got married. To uh, Todd ah, Palin. Okay. So, so she, she was she was dating him. and uh, She was dating Todd? Yes. And Glenn Rice was in college at the time. College? Wow.
1: So we're going ways back here.
2: Yeah, it's when she was a sports reporter in uh, Anchorage. Interesting.
1: Interesting. All right. That's right there for you. Big deal. More information on that will be coming out on the new book, uh, not written by Sarah Palin, but by the guy who lived next to her for nine months. Remember the dude who was stalking her for a while? Yeah. Yep. So that's... Um,
0: oh, well, forget that guy. Come on. Come on. It's been unbelievable how they trashed this woman. And I, like Whatever you think about her, I, this woman has come under attack. Like, I've never seen any anybody undeservedly come under about, like, personal stuff. It's, yeah. this, it's strange what this woman has gone
1: through. I'm, I'm not sure I totally agree with the undeserved. I, I hear you. But the undeserved part, it's I think just she's...
0: because you don't agree with her politics, you find it yeah
1: eh, She's brought some of I, it on I, herself.
0: 90% of the stuff I don't like about the stuff that she does, too. So I just don't find... I, I don't like... I just okay. find it a little
1: weird. Titillating tidbit number four, while Big Dog uh, tries to get Miss Angola out of his head, and you're trying to do that, and meanwhile I bring up the Sarah Palin and uh, Glenn Rice tryst. Sorry about that, but titillating tidbit number four. See if this gets your mind off things... Uh apparently out at the Belmont racetrack in New York, Big Dog on Sunday. On Sunday, Memorial Sunday of nine eleven, the winner of race number one, horse number nine, the winner of race number two, horse number one, the winner of race number three, horse number one. Who would have thunk? Nine one one.
0: Uh, do you think somebody uh bet that?
1: yes. Do you think the jockeys? Is it possible they got together a little uh, collusion?
0: I have no idea. But those jockeys have been known to collude, trust me. Those <laughs> jockeys yes. you don't trust a jockey. They will throw a race in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, it's funny, is that you know they we talk about all these old boxers and all that stuff, a jockey, those those little people, they stick together, okay? And they all giggle They have somebody go throw the bet in for them every single time. Don't think that
1: does happen. Mm -hmm. I guarantee a lot of the races that we watch are fixed. The the beautiful thing though is a viewer, you have no idea if they are or not. You know, you still bet and it's so exciting to watch. And quite (laughs) frankly, no, seriously, it doesn't, you know, uh, what's the sport highlight down in Florida that's so popular? They, they, everybody knows highlight is fixed, but the people betting on it don't know. You watch the matches. It's still exciting, even though you, you know, maybe the, you know, a particular winner is preordained. Bottom line, it's like a movie. We know it's not real, but we still, what's it called? Willing suspension of disbelief, and you still get into it and enjoy it if that makes any sense at all. Maybe.
0: Yeah, not. but yeah, okay. Well, what if somebody told you a football game was fake?
1: Now that would, that would bother me.
0: Okay, there you go. That's just, that is, that's that's so funny. Yeah,
1: there go. There goes the end of my willing suspension of disbelief. <laughs> Okay. You're, you're right about that. alright six three six seven four eight. Big Dog also on the baseball front. Uh, Texas knocked off Cleveland. I think uh, Anaheim lost yesterday. We're trying to keep track of that American League West race. I don't know. how Did Anaheim win last night?
0: I'm going to have to find out about that, Coach.
1: Okay. Because they're uh, still chasing. I think they were three and a half back to start the day. Atlanta knocked off Florida. The Braves still holding on to their wild card race. Yeah, Dave.
2: Anaheim did win. Did yesterday. win. Yes.
1: Okay. So, uh, but the uh, time's a waste in big though. We're starting to get down to nitty gritty time for the teams that are chasing. Right now, that would be what? Tampa Bay, Anaheim, and can we put the Cardinals in there or not really?
0: Yeah, no, you can put the Cardinals in. Okay, see, right now, you got the Cardinals are, are at uh, 80 and 68, and Atlanta is at uh, 85 and, and 64. So they're four and a half games back. And you've got five quality starters in St. Louis. That can go on a run. You got Albert Pujols right now, who's hitting 298. Coach, how does this happen? The guy was hitting 265 or whatever, breaks his, his arm, and you're like, well, I guess this will be the first year in his 11 uh, year career that he doesn't hit 300 with 30 homers and drive in 100. Well, he's already driven in 100. He's leading the National League in home runs, and he's, trust me, he's going to be over 300 by the year's done. This guy is. The most magnificent player that we that we have seen in, in our mm-hmm. lifetime. Yes, uh, the Cardinals are still in it, four and a half games back.
1: Yeah, and, and some oh, could well. say this is an off year for yeah, Albert Pujols. Thirty-five it homers. He he leads the National League in home runs in his off year. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yep.
1: By the way, uh, speaking of uh, good years and potential MVP candidates, now Detroit knocked off the White Sox again yesterday as the Sox continue heading on a steep. Downhill. By the way, I got tickets for the Monday, September 26th game if you want to go. Because right now nobody... <laughs> it sounded good about serious? two months ago, Buddy gave them four great seats. Monday, September 26th.
0: Are, are you serious? Yeah. them? I'll go, Coach. Against I Toronto. Go. You,
1: all right, I'll talk to you because I might need someone to sit next to for that game, but... Um, but Justin Verlander beat the Sox yesterday. He won his twenty-third game. Now I know we got Adrian Gonzalez, Curtis Granderson, and company, but Verlander's going to win the Cy Young bid. Though, but could he be the MVP as well?
0: Um, you know, I don't have any problem with a starting pitcher being an MVP. If you really think that that starting pitcher was the most important player in the league, I get a little upset when I say when I hear people say it could never happen. I very rarely would ever do it. Okay, uh, This might be the year that you do it, but if you think about this race, it's still not over with between Ellsbury, Granderson, Adrian Gonzalez, and and don't forget Joey Bats up right. in
1: Toronto. we got to wrap it up, but you know what? At least it will give us some interest in watching baseball right for the end because uh, the MVP race might be something we can talk about. Oh, we got to check in tomorrow. We start getting intensive on weekend number two. And or three in football, depending on your college or pro perspective. So we'll talk some football tomorrow, all right?
0: All right, sounds good, my friend.
1: All right, watch out for the smog. I'm <laughs> we'll let it choke me. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be
3: late.